Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 87, and we are going to take a closer look at the National Association of Broadcast Employees and Technicians. It is under the CWA in terms of labor unions and trade unions. I want to make sure we cover this one. I don't see in my notes that we actually have gone through this one. but we might have touched on it just a little bit because it is in connection with the communications uh, workers communication workers of America so i just want to make sure that we you know get back on track as well with these labor unions and kind of you know mix things up a little bit we've been focusing a lot on superfund sites um fascism socialism communism and different things like that as well as the EPA and so i think it's good to kind of mix things up and get back to some of the things that we were originally focusing on which is labor laws and these labor unions these trade unions and these professional unions so i just want to make sure that we're covering all our bases and we kind of spice things up a little bit you know but in a um, in a very kind and pleasant way so <laughs> always good to do that but first of all let me give a big shout out to my listeners so a big shout out to Oklahoma, Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania my lovely neighbor Texas love you very much Ohio, Alabama in terms of countries, the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, South Africa, Japan and Denmark. So thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate it. I love you guys very much. It's always good to see you there online. So let's go ahead and get started on this puppy here. This is the National Association of Broadcast Employees and Technicians. It says its type in terms of labor unions is Incentive Corporation Limited. I'm not sure what that means, so I'll have to double check that. Its industry is of course a labor union. It was founded in 1934 in the United States. Its founder is the Communications Workers of America. It is headquartered in the United States, of course. It its products are television, radio, film and media production. Its parent company or parent in terms of uh unions like, you know, in terms of being under a uh, umbrella is the Communications Workers of America. So let's go ahead and dive into this one just a little bit. It's not a big old long article. It's not a lot of information, but it's enough that it gives us kind of a scoop. So that's always good, kind of a good beginning there. So it says the National Association of Broadcast Employees and Technicians, also known as NABET-CWA, is a labor union representing employees in television, radio, film, and media production. a division of the communications workers of america also known as cwa nabet represents about 12,000 workers organized into about 35 local unions also known as locals the union was first organized in 1934 as the association of technical workers so that definitely rings a bell there also known also known as ate at first covering employees involved in network television radio The union was created by NBC as a way to prevent its own workers from joining the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. That's why this rings a bell because we've covered some of these. Okay. The ATE, the ATE would soon expand to other radio networks and by 1937, ATE also included independent radio and television stations. In 1939, the ATE achieved a union shop clause. Oh, that's good. The union's name changed to NABET in 1940 and was affiliated with the Congress of Industrial Organizations also known as CIO in 
1952, Canadian radio, television, and film workers were entered into the NABET fold. In 1965, NABET expanded to include workers in the film industry. In 1968, Canadian NABET locals achieved local autonomy, followed in 1974 by full auto autonomy. These locals are affiliated with Unifor. I'm not sure what that is. I will research that because it's not ringing a bell. In 1994, NABET merged with the CWA and changed its name to NABET-CWA, which is what is somewhat known as now. In 2021, let's see here, NABET-CWA helped organize two units of tech and digital workers in NPR's digital media communications and audience growth divisions as a part of the campaign to organize digital employees. Oh, that's why that rings a bell. Okay. Initiative to organize tech workers in the United States and Canada. I am this is not ring a bell because I am against this. Okay. Because I don't think it's a good idea to organize any type of tech workers because that will greatly increase the pricing of anything to do in the tech industry, which includes data, includes our cell phones, includes our laptops, our computers, any kind of fiber optics, it will greatly manipulate the market. That's why I was against this one. It says its current officers are sector president Charles G's uh Charles G uh Breco and sector vice president Lou I think that's Marinero almost like Marinera but it's Marinero both elected on June 6th 2015. So now I understand why some of this rings a bell. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not against unions, but I am against people zoning in on a type of industry taking it over and then manipulating prices. If it's wrong to do that in the stock market and it's wrong to do that in the private sector, then this should be illegal as well because it creates a monopoly. Monopolies are illegal in the United States even though they happen. I don't understand why because you would think the SEC would prevent those things and call people out on their behavior, but unfortunately, when it comes to labor unions, they get away with quite a bit. And it's like, well, If it looks bad and it's wrong in the private sector, then it's also wrong for labor unions to behave that way. So we just need to err on the side of caution and be careful, excuse me, what we allow to take place and what we ban or block. Again, I'm all for labor unions, but they need to stay in their place and they need to be careful about how they organize workers because you know, workers are very quick to shame and blame their employers. Now, I think we've all had good and bad experiences in terms of employment. I'm not saying that you'll never have a bad employer. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying you should never sue them if they've done something wrong. I'm not saying you should never be able to call them out on something, and you should be able to call them out on it because it's freedom of speech. We have that here in the United States. What I'm talking about is creating false monopolies, and that's what labor unions do. They they squash any type of competition, and and if you don't have competition, You're not going to have new inventions, you're not going to have new patents, you're going to have very stale and outdated uh software and technology that does not help anyone. See, they they don't like change. And and here's the thing, they say they don't like change, but yet they're quick to go out and buy a new cell phone or buy a new boat. You know what I mean like but but they just don't want anyone to possibly do the same job as them and do it at a better rate for the consumer. So labor unions are not pro consumer. 
they're they're extreme pro worker to the extent that they in fact somewhat destroy the job market. And so that that's not right because like for example right now we are having problems with inflation. It's not due to labor unions per se unless I find that out, but here's the thing, labor unions are notorious for causing inflation on products and goods and currency. And one way they do that is they gobble up all these small labor unions and they just ruin the industry that they're in. They monopolize it and they make it very difficult first of all that freedom of speech if you're in that union. They make it very difficult for there to be, you know, good healthy competition. You know, labor unions, the way I can describe it in terms of this, if labor unions had their way in the NFL, there wouldn't be tons of teams. There would only be one or two teams. Like that's what I mean by a false monopoly. They they squash out anybody that they don't like or anybody that they disagree with and they don't like change in terms of their industry. But they they don't really believe in fair trade or a fair market or even fair labor because fair labor goes both ways. Fair labor is not only fair for the employee, but it's fair for the employer. Now mind you, I tend to side on the um I tend to lean towards the side of the employee because I know what it's like to be treated like dirt and trash and it's horrible. However, not all employers are bad. So even though I am more pro workers rights, guess what? The employer is also a worker and they have rights because they own a company. Especially when it is in the private sector, which most companies are in the private sector. If it's not in the private sector, then it is a federal agency or a state agency, and it's not really a company. It's just an extension of the government, which means it doesn't. How do I word this? It means that if it's in the public sector, which means the government, whether federal or state or local or county, it means they don't actually produce revenue. They don't produce any goods. All they do is collect taxes, and those are their revenue, which really is just your money and my money going towards something that doesn't really produce anything. You know what I mean? Like you know, you know, there are some Republicans that worded this way better than what I'm saying back in the day. They said that um, that government does not create wealth; it just taxes it, and that's very true. We should pay taxes, but there's a difference between paying what you actually owe and the 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 heavy arm and the strong hand of the government strangling your bank account. Like you know there's a difference. I think everybody should pay taxes. I don't care if you're a billionaire, trillionaire or if you make $10,000 a year, everybody should pay taxes because that's equality. Now, if you overtax somebody, you're punishing them for making more money than somebody else. You're making it about the haves and the haves nots. Well, here's the thing. The people that have a lot can promote and endorse and invest a lot and they invest in people. and that creates jobs the have nots the people that don't make a lot of money you know what if if the rich are not able if the rich are not able to invest in people then those have nots the people that make way less money they will never get to move up to the middle class or the upper class because your your economy or the way well not your economy but the way your taxes are set up it's punishing the rich for doing well and the way that the 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 way that the wealthy are punished is that their income is greatly taken away from them. Like if it's not right to do that to you or to me, then why is it okay to do that to to a billionaire or a trillionaire? It's not okay. 
I mean, I meet rich people all the time that they they invest in people every day. They love to hire people. They love to see them do well. They love to promote them. They love to help them and their families. I mean, what's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. But then you have these workers that they join some of these unions and they they get brainwashed into thinking that they're at the bottom of the totem pole. It's like you're not at the bottom. Like no job is worthless or or ridiculous or not important. Every job on the face of this earth is very important. And it takes integrity to get a job and to keep a job. And it takes integrity to do a good job. So being that that's what we know about jobs, there is honor in every job that you do. Like I mean, I've worked in minimum wage jobs before, and I never thought I was too good to do them. Never. I I was always happy to go to work. I love working. So, you know, and I do remember when I was a teeny bopper, I remember working with the some of these adults that they were just bitter. They were not grateful for the job that they had, and because they were not grateful for the job that they had, they were never really considered promotable because they were so bitter about their situation. I'm not saying that you can't be upset about your current situation, but here's the thing, when you have a job, be grateful for that job. Be happy you have a job. Because your boss and your employer, they're looking for people to promote all the time. You know, just because there's a recession going on right now and there's inflation, that doesn't mean that people don't get paid more money. Somebody makes good money, it might as well be you and it might as well be me, so why not go for it? That, you know that's my personal opinion on that and I I would rather look towards the positive than the negative. Believe me, I could give you tons of stories just from my work history. I've had to deal with really weird bosses and employers and really hateful evil coworkers, but here's the thing. You know those stories are a dime a dozen. I mean, you know, do we really want to sit around all day and just watch lifetime movie network shows about people's jobs that they hate? No, like I would actually want to watch and learn about how to have a better life. Excuse me, my throat is dry. Hold on just a second. Drinking from a Sonic Dr Pepper, running a little low. My Dr Pepper there. But here's the thing. I would rather focus on something good. So even though there are times that, you know, I get really irritated about stuff that's happened to me in my past, you know what? I just learned to let it go. And I look at it as, okay, what can I learn from that? Well, I know exactly what not to do. See, that's the thing. Whenever you encounter someone that's not a good person, the way I look at it as, well, there's a perfect example of what not to do. Even though I already knew not to behave that way, it's just a sure, solid example of, hey, this is really what you shouldn't do. And so, whenever I come across something I don't like, me personally, first of all, I pray for that person. I ask God to forgive them, and I ask God to bless them because here's the thing: God can't bless a bitter heart. He can't bless an evil person. Because in order to bless someone, you know, biblically speaking, and because of the the covenant and the blessing of Abraham, God cannot bless someone that has been awful to someone else and is not repentant. That's the thing. So when you're asking God to forgive that person and to bless them, you're asking God technically to hold them accountable for what they did and to apologize. Not only to God, but to you or to me or to whoever they hurt or harmed. So that's what it means to forgive your enemies and to love your enemies. That doesn't mean that you tolerate or accept them or that you agree with what they did. That's not that's talking about biblically, biblically speaking. Excuse me. But I'm just saying that from what I do, from my personal experience, I've learned to pray for people, especially bad people, because otherwise you get locked in this revolving door of misery. 
of not letting go of the past and when you don't let go of the past it's very difficult to enjoy your future it's very difficult and you won't look forward to the future you won't look forward to new to new and brighter days and new beginnings and i know what's tough it's it's been tough for me i'm sure it's been tough for you and i'm sure there are some going through really tough times right now i mean i see the gas prices i see the price of real estate i see what's happening in the state of california a mass exodus unfortunately i mean my goodness if this isn't a wake up call to california that they need to lower their taxes and and really get things together i mean the only people that are going to be left are the super rich <laughs> if everybody else leaves and then guess what eventually the super rich are going to leave because they don't want to pay all that I mean there may be some crazy democrat democrats out there that believe in high taxation but here's the thing eventually they are going to get sick and tired of of paying for everybody else's whim and the in these programs these social welfare programs that don't actually work because if social welfare programs actually worked and if high taxation actually worked then the state of California should be the wealthiest state in the United States but guess what it's the most broke and it is the most poorly run state in the United States that's why everybody's leaving it's not affordable it's not livable california used to be affordable and livable I mean, it's always been a beautiful state but it used to be realistic to go there and here's the thing i i kind of feel sorry for the rich that are living out there right now because it's only going to get super bad for them because they're the only ones with the real money I mean I wouldn't be surprised if there's a banking crisis that hit California. See cuz here's the thing. California has a lot of debt. Especially in the public sector. Because they've been relying too much on tax dollars. Well now they've got all these people leaving Florida, not Florida, leaving California. And you know if you've got all these taxpayers leaving your state, guess what? You're not able to collect as many taxes as you were before. And if they cannot collect as many tax dollars as they did before, they've got to get that money from somewhere otherwise they're going to default on all their loans and their bonds and their promises that they made. That's called bankruptcy. Like California has been broke a long time. Like people I think sometimes people ignore the problems of of the pretty states like states that have palm trees and beaches and oceans like like they ignore the writing on the wall with those states just because it's so beautiful to live there there's popular people that live there you know you have the the elite that live there you have the super wealthy that live there you've got these mansions you know you've got the academy awards you've got the oscars you've got movie stars i mean you've got all this stuff well that's all fluff but when you get down to the nitty gritty and you get down to the fine print California has been in a horrible state for a long time in terms of financial soundness. They have not been financially sound for a long time. I mean, probably 2 or 3 decades now. I mean, it's been really sad. I mean, there's I mean, Republicans try and help. They really do. But unfortunately, you get these crazy liberal Democrats that just make it seem like Republicans are evil. And it's like, no, they're actually trying to help save your company. they're trying to help save your jobs. They're trying to help save your property, like save your real estate. You know, they're trying to get rid of the death tax. You know, why someone can be taxed when they're dead makes no sense to me. I don't get that. Their children should be able to inherit what without having to pay yet more taxes on that. It's already taxed income. I mean, it means just things like that that just 
I roll my eyes. I'm just going, you know, taxes are appropriate in certain ways, but in so many other ways they are inappropriate because they they are used maliciously. And it's not right to do that. So if anything, you know, kind of off topic here, I feel very sorry for those that currently live in California, especially the super rich or even just the mildly rich, whatever the case may be. Excuse me. Because at one point or at some point I should say the rich are going to be on the hook for every social welfare program and every type of tax that is collected in the state of California and that's not fair to them that's not fair to the rich to do that to them because their salaries they earned their monies in a fair and decent way just like the rest of us they should not be on the hook for for every stupid tax that that is proposed in the state of California and they should not be taxed at a heavier rate than anybody else otherwise you don't have equality but yet what the liberal left likes to promote is oh we believe in equal opportunity and equality i'm like really then how come you believe in higher tax brackets for the rich it's ridiculous how is anyone supposed to invest in themselves How is anyone supposed to invest in their 401k? How is anyone supposed to invest in their neighbor? How is anyone supposed to invest in their company? How is anyone supposed to invest in their children and the futures of their grandchildren? If they're just constantly being taxed all the time. You know whether it's a property tax, an emissions tax, a county tax, a local tax, a state tax, a federal tax. I mean just It's ridiculous. I mean, if you're going to have a tax, make it reasonable, but it needs to be for a good purpose. Taxes are not supposed to be used as a punishment. And that's what it's being used as predominantly in the state of California. And I'm like, you know, that's not right. You know, California, it's really gone off the rails. Like it's not the American way whatsoever. If you want to know what socialism and fascism is like, move to California right now. It's crazy out there. I mean it's ridiculous. And you know, here's the thing, California has some of the most extreme gun laws. They have some of the most dangerous crimes. They have some of the um highest rates of um social welfare programs, but yet they have the highest homeless population in the United States. Obviously, social welfare programs don't work. They don't work. You know, whenever you put the government in charge of stuff like that, it screws it up. And you know what? The homeless deserve better than that. They deserve way better than that. And you know who really helps people? Nonprofits and churches. Nobody likes to say that, especially in the state of California because it's become so liberal. You know, it's like they ban churches, they close churches, especially during COVID, and and they make fun of Christians, but you know what? It's Christians that help people. It's Christians that actually really care. Like you don't have to tax a Christian to get them to do what's right. And that may shock shock some people, excuse me, but it's true. There's so much that goes on within nonprofits and they help so many people. It's amazing. I mean, there's some nonprofits that I I for sure don't like and we can go through nonprofits later in time. you know cuz there's a really good website about which charities are good and which ones are bad. I think it's always good to know who you are donating your monies to. 
Because, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. I want to make sure my money that I donate goes to a good organization and they do what they say they're going to do, right? I think that's reasonable. Here's the thing though. There's so many people that have demonized the church out in California. Your Christian churches. I'm just like, you have no idea the work that Christians do. I mean, we do so much and it's usually behind the scenes. It's not ever hardly ever on the news. And if we are on the news, it's to demonize us, it's it's to ridicule us, it's to make fun of us. I'm just like, you have no idea how big our heart is and how much we love people. We may have a difference in theology, we may have a difference in how we vote, but who cares? We're just trying to help people. You know, we don't like seeing massive amounts of homeless people on the streets. They need proper medical care. Most of them are off their meds and they need shelter. They need proper shelter. Let me put it this way, there's no way I would ever sleep in a homeless shelter. They're sick, they're gross. It's it's dirty half the time. I mean, if I wouldn't stay there, why would I expect other people to stay there? You know, those people that stay there, they they are my fellow man, my fellow woman, my fellow child. Like you know, they they are my fellow human being. So I look at it as, you know, how would I want to be treated? What would I want? Well, if I was homeless, first of all, if I had a mental problem, I sure would hope someone would get me on the right meds so that I could get my life back together. And then I would greatly appreciate if I had access to food, water and shelter, and if I had access to a bath, and if someone could help me with my resume and help me get a job so that way I wouldn't be homeless anymore and I wouldn't need a social welfare program see cuz what sucks about social welfare programs is they keep people poor i can't think of a single person that i've met over the years that was on food stamps or some kind of social welfare program that that actually had a better life because they were on social welfare. The only reason why they they started to have a better life was because they got a job, made way more money and then they didn't need the social welfare program anymore. But that was them doing that on their own. These social welfare programs, you know, if they true if they do try and help people find jobs, they're not the good paying jobs. It's like why would someone that's homeless want to work a minimum wage job when they're worth way more? You know, just because someone is homeless, that doesn't mean that they didn't used to be a bank executive or they didn't used to own their own company. Like they're not morons, they're not idiots, they're not uneducated, most of them. I mean, if you and I want to make good money, why why can't homeless people be put on a track to make really good money as well? If the incomes that you and I earn are good enough for us, then to me they're good enough for other people. They're good enough for the homeless. And they're also, you know, our income, what we make is also good enough for the disabled, for those on disability. But you know what's interesting? A lot of disabled people, they are forced into poverty. Because the federal government and or the state doesn't think they need a lot of money to live off of. When in fact they do. Usually when someone is disabled, they actually need more money possibly than what you and I than what you or I make because they've got some problems
problems that you and I don't have and that we may not understand, but they do need help with it. Like do you know very many people that can live off of social security and have a good life? I don't know anyone that can live off of their social security checks and actually be ahead or just break even. See, the government is not about helping people be financially stable. It's actually about destabilizing the rich so as to quote unquote make it an equal playing field in terms of income. But really, that's just the government confiscating your pay. Now there are taxes that everybody should pay. I'm not arguing against that. I totally agree with paying taxes. And I can't stand it when people evade taxes. That really bothers me because if I have to pay them, everybody should pay them. I mean, I think that's equality to pay your fair share, to pay your taxes. But what I don't like is when the government overtaxes and then overspends and spends on programs that don't even help people. Because we are still not taking care of our veterans, we're not taking care of the elderly, we're not taking care of the disabled, we're not taking care of the chronically ill and we're not taking care of the terminally ill. What are we doing? What are we doing with our tax dollars as a country, as a nation? Our infrastructure sucks. I mean, if we're not going to take care of people, could we at least have nice roads and airports? Apparently not. I just think it's ridiculous. You know, you know, I don't understand, and I'll close with this. I don't understand how we can be the home of the brave, and and that we can be, you know, a light on a shining hill or shining light on a hill, whatever that phrase is. How we can promote freedom and democracy, but yet we're selling out our freedom, and we're selling out our freedom by passing all these rules, laws, and regulations that are not good for our society. They're not good for us in the short term, much less the long term. and we're not following the money. You know, as as tax paying citizens, we have every right to have an audit of the federal government and our state governments. We have every right to know how every penny is spent. That's our job technically to know that and to make those questions heard because we are the taxpayers. Cuz technically you and I are the government. Now I'm all for having a government. I think it's wonderful. I really do, but when you have a government that's off track and is overspending and doing some really strange things, we need to pump the brake on that and we need to start asking some questions because that is our responsibility as the adults and as the citizens of this country. Because if we're not paying attention to stuff, then whose fault is it when something doesn't go right? It's our fault. So if we don't want to blame ourselves, then we need to fix this. Like like we need to hold our political officials and also our federal agencies accountable for the monies that they confiscate for the monies that they tax for the assets that they confiscate I should say and then say hey can you give us a breakdown of why you're spending so much money can you show us all your federal programs 
you you we just want to know i mean if it's if it's reasonable okay it's fine but if something's not reasonable if something doesn't make sense we need to have a discussion about this because the american people are are not the you know we are not the federal government's personal piggy bank but that's how the federal government tends to look at us and what's interesting is that a lot of these labor unions are in the back pocket of our federal government it's favoritism That's why a lot of these unions that we've gone over and that we've discussed so far, we've discussed quite a few. That's why a lot of them think that their rights are more important than ours, than the rest of us, those that are not in unions. Well, I got news for them. We're equals. I'm all for you making really good money in a union, in a union job. Go right ahead, but don't trample on my rights. You're not better than me and I'm not better than you. We're equals. See, that's the problem with favoritism. There is always inequality when you have favoritism. It doesn't matter how good the argument sounds. Favoritism is still wrong. It always has been and it always will be. And if you allow favoritism in your workplace or in your business, guess what? You're screwed. You're going to have a lot of problems, especially a lot of legal problems. That's why some of these labor unions that that's why they leave one organization and go to the other or or they become affiliated and not affiliated. They have all these problems and these issues because of that. It's because they want to be top dog, they want to be number 1. It's like a constant competition. Well, why can't they just believe in equality? Here's the thing. They don't believe in equality because they think they're better than other people and they're not. Just because they have a different job title, work in a different industry, maybe they make more money, who knows who cares. They're not better than anybody else. It's just they they're a different person, they have a different job, they work in a different industry, they you know, they make a higher wage or a lower wage or medium wage, whatever the case may be. But when you have true equality, you would think there wouldn't be favoritism. But if you're not practicing true equality, then guess what? You will have a problem with favoritism. And that's where that's where you get this inflation of wages usually within unions. Like one of the unions I was looking at, I think it's the United Auto Workers. We might circle back to that one just to go over that one again. The United Auto Workers, I think we talked about it in a is probably under the International Union of United Automobile Aerospace and Agriculture Implement Workers of America or something like we I know I talked about the United Auto Workers before because I was shocked at how much money was given to them by you know uh via a bailout which we should not have bailed them out whatsoever but here's the thing the these these labor unions they think that they're top dog and and we're just the underlings and it's like no actually if you're going to take tax dollars we own you you don't own us And I don't even know if they've ever paid that money back, which they should. And here's the thing: I don't think we should be bailing out anyone. I don't care if it's a bank, a business, or a union. Our tax dollars are are not for that purpose. Our tax dollars are for our country. It, it's not to save a sinking ship that caused its own problem. 
See, the United Auto Workers, they had problems for a long time, but no one called them out on it. I'm sure they probably failed multiple audits. I mean, just looking at it from an accounting point of view, but here's the thing. They had these cushy jobs and these cushy benefits, and then guess what? The, the bottom fell out because guess what? They were making way too much money for the kind of work they were doing. That doesn't mean the work that they were doing wasn't good or isn't important, not by any means. I'm just saying that when you overinflate a wage, how is that any different than giving a false stock price? Like saying your stock is worth more than it really is. That's exactly what the United Auto Workers Union did. But yet they didn't get in trouble for that. Because they got a free pass because they're a labor union. That's not right. If it's not right to inflate prices over in, in one industry, then it shouldn't be done in any industry, especially when it comes to profit, loss, revenues, assets and people's wages. Like I have a big issue with that. Because if you're allowing one type of inflation, then then technically you are suppressing somebody else and I don't believe in suppression of any kind. Because I truly believe in equality and freedom of speech. But here's the thing, like if if you and I were in the USSR or some other country where things are not going very well right now, there's no way we could speak up about stuff like this. I mean, I mean, I would probably be arrested in another country if I spoke like this about stuff that's going on. I mean, thank goodness the United States has freedom of speech. Cuz we're one of the few countries that actually has freedom of speech and actually means it. Like, you know, the United Kingdom, they have freedom of speech, but you know, they're still socialist. They do not respect conservatives over there. I feel so sorry for conservative citizens that live in the United Kingdom. I Man, I feel sorry for the British on that. That that typically vote conservative. It's it's like I just imagine it would be very frustrating. Because the United Kingdom has gotten so liberal. and it used to not be so liberal like that. I mean, it's really quite sad because I think the United Kingdom could actually be a way more prosperous nation if it wasn't so liberal and if it, and if it wasn't so socialist. So hang in there conservatives in the United Kingdom, hang in there. We are rooting for you. We are over here in the United States. Believe me, we understand what you're going through. We really do. I mean, I know it probably can't be easy. with uh, some of the people that are in the labor union party but you know, just hang in there there is always hope there really is there's always hope like you know i can be irritated all day and all night which i don't allow myself to do that anymore but you know i can be irritated about something but i know that you know yeah at the end of the day i live in a safe and good country and i can always do some good and i have a good life And you know, yes, there are some things I don't agree with with our policies here in the United States, but you know what? They're just policies. They can always be changed, and we can always make things better. So just hang in there, you know, my fellow conservatives, especially you know, if you're overseas, hang in there. You will make it through. Do not worry for sure. Okay, so that is it for this lovely podcast. And again, we talked about the National Association of Broadcast Employees and Technicians. and it was in conjunction with Communications Workers of America so we've probably covered a little bit of this in the past but probably not as in detail
But anyway, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Right.